0: Here's how we grew our margins from 14%, which I thought was like as good as we could do, to 21%. And if you do the math, that's a 50% growth in margin.
1: Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven, and eight figure Amazon and e commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the most intelligent Amazon scaling toolkit online. Amazon sellers need exact, quick-to-read profit reports. Many sellers already pay a lot of money for these. Eva has world-class finance analytics with crystal-clear graphs included at no extra cost. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers, averaging a 51% increase In profits. To get a 15 day free trial, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash EVA. That's amazingfba.com forward slash EVA. ladles and jelly spoons boys and girls welcome back to the 10k collective podcast the place to be for six seven eight forget amazon private label and custom product sellers today we're talking to scott needham overachiever of uh, many things at amazon amongst which is um, creating scaling and now in the process of selling an 80 employee amazon reseller business not a casual matter so scott welcome back to the show and thanks so much for coming thank you
0: thanks it's great to be here
1: So reselling businesses are famously hard to scale and they're famously hard to exit. So why did you decide to to scale a reseller business in the first place? What what was your thinking behind that?
0: Yeah, the the key part of scaling the business was actually just technology to do most of the decisions for us. So I started in 2013, joined a brother who already had, you know, uh, ambitious, um, had, you know, a few million dollars in sales. (laughs) but had a lot of problems about scaling. So I came in and built a lot of software to automate this process. And that really made growing from, you know, four or five employees to like 20 to 30 employees, not that challenging, you know? Um, So that probably was the key differentiator is building software tools for the different activities that we were doing, whether that's shipping, you know, order automation, and all that and it took years to do this wasn't you know an overnight success we had big decisions to to make and you know we've made pricing mistakes uh, over like there's we, we could talk forever about you know why i'd be like ah, oh, this is really not super easy but um the one thing about a reselling business is it's the fastest way to grow in revenue, pretty quickly. You know, you could be launching next week, and if you are buying with the correct fundamentals, you're making money um, on uh, you know generally branded products. And I mean that that's that's the business model many many know, um, but it, it has different challenges that you know I'm sure we will we'll uncover.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the main thing I would say is so if you want to fo- um, scale fast, <laughs> I had a very, the most extreme and kind of comic tragedy version of this that I experienced is somebody came to me for, for private level coaching, having, I think, lot, gone from, so you know, a couple of million dollars of, of personal net worth to under a million by trading on the foreign exchange markets in, in an uncontrolled way, which was kind of really kind of shocking, but kind of, um, I don't know, entrepreneurial thinking and risk taking gone wrong but he basically by well, the end of the conversation said so what is really important you said no cash now i'm like totally get you cannot help you because private label is absolutely the opposite of that it's going to take you a year to get launched probably and then after that it's going to take money off you for a while um before it stabilizes assuming it works so uh, you know and i was absolutely straight up about i said look i I can put you in touch with some good retail arbitrage teachers that is what you need as far as i'm concerned or there are multiple other models that might hit it you know merch by amazon whatever it is so yeah you're absolutely right on that and I, i bang the drum for that difference despite being a private level sort of specialist because i i try to turn people away who i don't think are in a place to, to, you know, exploit private label and for whom reselling makes sense. The, the other question though is, I guess, um, were you scaling, re- so so getting started with selling, famously much more straightforward, scaling though is tricky. Um, was it that you just happened to be in that business model already and that's why you scaled that? Or were there particular things yeah. that well, even at the scaling stage, you thought reselling had uh, pros for you?
0: Well, my brother um, started actually out of a family business, uh, which had, you know, A lot of like, you know, we had a lot of toy. It's kind of like a a department store, which had a lot of relationships with suppliers. So that's really what started is we took some of these suppliers that we were bringing into our storefront, um, brick and mortar, and started selling them online. And like, that was step one and having success, you know, really, uh, uh you know, growing in revenue, growing in inventory size for about two years um, before I even had joined. So I joined uh, something that are an operation that already, you know, had the the fundamentals uh, down. And I was just there to make everyone's job a little bit easier by, you know, programming away like these spreadsheets so that things get done uh for you so that's like the beginnings is it kind of was a family business to to start out
1: yeah and there quite a few people start in that way as well there are two or three businesses in um, masterminds that are that kind of thing some of which started from sort of brick and mortar origins and, and some still have sort of connections in that world and some not so um a couple of sort of um there are so many questions i could ask let me just throw a few sort of couple of juicy ones out there what are uh, the best things that you did to scale the business? What worked best in that situation?
0: Um, let's see. Best things: uh, turning processes that really did take twenty hours to to take five minutes. You know, uh, making a purchase order that is intelligent that has the right amount of inventory, and you're ensuring you're only buying on profitable products. Um, that was the biggest unlock at least from, you know, uh, the manager's standpoint, but then, you know, even our distribution, they're all using our custom software and, uh, to actually just to assist them getting in products into Amazon. So, um, I can actually comfortably say every employee that we have of all 80, they're spending most of their time using our software to help, you know, move our business along. Yeah. Uh, so those were the things that grew. There's there's one uh, feature that um, helped us scan catalogs really quickly. I know there's tools that do this out there. I'm actually trying to build this into Smart Scout right now. So um, maybe if you're listening to this a little bit delayed, like we already have it. But where you can scan, you know, say a thousand UPCs from a supplier and see, okay, which ones of these are opportunities? Well, we built that internally in 2013, like years ago. So we've been able to leverage these relationships uh, quickly. Be like, okay, you know, of your thousand products, here's the 20 that we want to buy on right now because we see a competitive opportunity.
1: Yeah, and uh, it strikes me that at so much of Amazon selling or, or just business life in general, but certainly with physical products, because you have hard costs, you cannot be kind of slapdash about the idea that maybe this will work, maybe it won't, and you just chuck it out there. Because every time you chuck something into the wilderness, you put your money behind it, as opposed to with purely digital products, right? So, um yeah, get, get scanning for 20 to so 2% literally of, of stuff, that's super hard to do manually. So anything that speeds that up. Um, and also, I've got to say, like the pedigree that you have as a software company for building something, if you've had it internally since 2013, that, that is like battle tested, right? And yeah. eight years later, it's all... Is it even... A, yes, eight years later, that, that's like yeah. super tested, right?
0: Oh, no, there's some ways that like, yeah, we've, we've been around the block, but I still find one or two things I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done that. That, like six years ago so it's not perfect but um it's it's been running smoothly for a while
1: okay so that's the the upside now being being the cynical brit or not cynical but skeptical brit, yes like, I, i've got to ask the questions of like what things have gone wrong or what things would you dif- do differently if you had to do them again and i guess we're looking over quite a long time scale so there might be quite a few things but let's pick a couple of things that will be hopefully light bulb moments for the audience
0: okay um there's yeah there's a lot i do differently one um this is a skill that i didn't have i think i'm kind of building it right now uh as i'm building out uh, my software business smart scout but one of the biggest weaknesses of buy boxer is we were not persuasive enough with brands specifically the big brands i would have invested more in our website to really convey like a degree of professionalism that um that would be needed to like convince a brand that sells you know 20 million a year to work with us um because i i do think our business development team you know building up these relationships we did get some wins uh we have we have exclusives with with several brands but um, not enough and not, not enough the bigger ones the ones that um see like because there's a few companies that um have done this successfully and you know i'm sitting here jealous from the outside i'm like oh we could have done that we were before them you know a uh, pattern here in the u.s they're strictly uh an amazon uh brand seller they don't have private label or whatever but like we were around before them, but they have these relationships that uh, have really helped them snowball and they just raised $200 million. So, you know, they are showing uh, they're showing the, the investors that they've got a good, and I, I think we could have built them. So if there's one thing I would have done differently. It'd be to be very professional and uh, to win over these conversations. I think a weakness that one of the re- reasons we didn't I think we complicated it too much. I think we complicated the sales process with brands and all, just have a very clear message that, like, you know, as a reseller, you you want to be providing value to a brand and don't get too much into the details of Amazon. You're just going to confuse uh, them because Amazon can get really confusing really fast.
1: For online sellers, nothing beats in-person learning and connecting. Join eCom events at one of their four events throughout the USA: Miami in January, San Diego in March, Minneapolis in July, and New York City in October. The conference offers tips and tools to increase sales, food and drink, and real connections to other sellers and experts. Head over to e-com-events.com. And register today with promo code AMAZINGFBA to save $50 off your ticket cost.
0: So that's one big mistake uh, that I would probably rethink a little bit differently. Um, uh, Shoot, how long do we have? I could talk about mistakes all day long.
1: Maybe Uh, That's really, by the way, some great learnings from that way. Maybe uh, one more?
0: Um, so, and I'm not, not to distract, I, I actually do think people are still growing and succeeding in wholesale today in the, in the reselling. Um, the second one is just to be, um, we actually lost money in 2018. Um, we probably weren't operating on the margins that we thought we were. So our you know inventory count and uh, our margins um, just weren't quite there. But I'll give a very like be like okay here's a here's how we grew our margins from fourteen percent, which I thought was like as good as we could do, to twenty one percent. And if you do the math, that's a fifty percent growth in margin. So reselling it usually does operate at a lower margin um, than say private label, but um, the way that we grew it. Is, it is actually just the way that we tweaked our repricer. So a lot of resellers use a repricer to win the buy box on Amazon. And um, what what really made the difference is, is most resellers, your product sells in the first 90 days uh, because you're buying on products that move quickly. But um, we found that like a repricer would sometimes just be too aggressive. And what we were able to do is um when we just started with a product say it just got restocked um we would actually not sell under like 17 gross margin so we would send our repricer kind of a we'd float our price up and sometimes we'd still get the sale because we're fba because we have a good track record we would get the sale even though there are people that are cheaper than us so once we implemented that repricer to like ha- to float our prices higher it really grew our gross margins if a product doesn't sell we do gradually decrease that but the first 30 days yes you should be trying to sell as high as you can and then as a reseller when products start to stock out When you're like getting really, really low on supply, um, we automated pricing back up again. And this again, you know, grew our gross margins. So I think, um, you know, earlier on, if I would have invested a little bit more time, a little bit more thought into our our repricer and be more creative in the ways to price up, to really push it, that'll do really well because we have a lot of costs. We have a lot of labor. We have, you know... um, so, uh, yeah, do not uh, underthink a repricer. If you're using a repricer, you should figure out ways that you, sh- you can price up and still get enough sales.
1: Yeah, and again, to the conversation we were having in the previous episode um... – you were uh, you know referencing the fact that you're putting prices up <laughs> because your cost prices have gone up but actually even if your cost prices don't go up it with your gross margin may maintain but if you're growing a team your overheads getting bigger so you need more gross margin just to support it right so i presume that margins meaning like 14 percent going up to 21 percent was gross margin so before overheads yes. i'm guessing yeah so obviously it works no. on quite different sort of margin type type um you know just industry standards than to private label and uh yes yeah, so that's that's even more critical because a 14% um, of turnover as a overhead wouldn't be unusual. So therefore it wouldn't be, it would be not surprising that you might end up with a loss. but that's a, that's a massive increase in gross margin by the way. That's a, I think gross margin rather than revenue is like the number one indicator for health of a business, isn't it? And a lot of CPAs say that to me. And um, that's, that's a number that I take a lot more seriously than revenue. Uh, they say, you know, turnovers, vanity, profit, sanity. And I'm like, that's not just a saying, I think that's uh, like a dog is for life, not just for Christmas um so you mentioned uh smart scout a couple of times we also just wrap up with you mentioning um you know what smart scout can do for yeah, resellers so, we talked about private label what about for resellers
0: oh um i built it for resellers yeah i built i mean we were talking earlier on, on the previous episode about it has some use cases for private label um we're building more but like resellers are at its core what it's for because we take the tens of thousands of brands on amazon and just give it, and just give all of that data in like a grid. You could search it all at once, and you could filter out. So it'd be like, so um, the number one use case for Smart Scout is you, you go to the toy category. You have all the brands and toys, and we're showing you estimate revenue on every single toy brand. And then you can filter down to brands that really meet a criteria that you want. It'll be very specific the criteria. Um, we are tracking a brand's Amazon in stock rate. That is how often Amazon is on stock with a brand. So we can filter out because you don't want to resell against Amazon. It's just, you know, that's a great way to lose margin. Um, So we can filter out those brands and then we could actually filter out brands that are selling directly themselves. Again, you know, people, those are conversations that might just end up dead um, because, Say of the 10,000 uh, brands that are in the toy category, we help you find, you know, the, the 500 brands that are going to be most attractive to you as a reseller. Uh, you know, they, they've got good revenue, they're not super competitive, and they're most likely going to say yes to you. And, um, I mean, I get I get people that reach out to me and say like they're like they're like thank you, Smart Scout, you helped me close this brand. I would have never found them. So um, that is one of that, that's really why and how I built um, the tool. And our first features was was all about you know that there's a lot of room for arbitragers. You know, say you do want to go on a competitive brand like Lego, well. We show Lego in great detail and show you the, the, you know, the products that are less competitive that are still doing revenue. And so, you know, we have a lot of arbitragers that, you know, find a product and like, you know, it only takes one product to like justify paying for a tool like this. Uh, so um, that is what I've been spending more of my time. Doing, um, it's kind of like what I got a, more of a passion for is building uh, tech, and so um, we're in the process of you know selling, uh, cashing out of our uh, uh, Amazon business and uh, focusing in on uh, Smart Scout. Um, shoot, there's 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 more features in Smart Scout, uh, but um, it's been it's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, the easiest way to, to go and check that out was we'll put a redirect amazing com for slash smart scouts. Um, I, I don't know if you guys can offer, we ought to offer the obligatory, um, you know, 10% off or whatever it is Is there anything that you can offer. We didn't even discuss it yeah. before the show. Um, That's like how amateur I've been Yeah, around. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: so, uh, uh, smart podcast 15, that is a coupon code. that will get you 15% off. Uh, so, um, Amazing. That, that, that works specifically because we're on a podcast right now. So I can track you like, okay, how great are our podcasts?
1: Yeah. So, fantastic. So you go, yeah. just go to get yourself over to Smart Scout and, and put in Smart Podcast 15 coupon code. May as well uh, get, it's obviously a fantastic tool. May as well shave a little bit off our own costs and, and up those margins as well. Well, look, got this has been a whistle stop tour through some really big, <laughs> big picture stuff at, at a lightning speed. And thank you for playing along. You've been a, a good sport because obviously, like asking people what their favorite mistakes they Made over the last ten years of their their life's work. It's kind of a strange question, but also hopefully really um, educational for the listeners. So um, I know you've got a podcast as well. If, if uh, people want to check you out there, where do, where, where do they go for that?
0: Yeah, it's the humbly named "Smartest Amazon Seller" podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I remember coming across that frankly and saying, "Yeah, smartest Amazon seller. This is for somebody's totally humble.
0: <laughs> it yeah, is yeah, an entertaining no, name. It's, it, it, it's funny. It's kind of just like a challenge. I, I do." I did want to do a podcast that wasn't like hand holding beginners. You know, wanted to talk to those. And you know, I think I generally start seeing like the goal of the podcast is to turn you into the smartest Amazon seller. I, I I talk with a lot of and it's probably similar to to what you've got. You know, to, yeah. I talk a lot about my software development and you know the data that I work with and you know how I think about Amazon, but Um, I've come across some amazing uh, professionals that I ask questions to as well.
1: Yeah, cool. Uh, yes, it sounds like we're, we're after the same sort of people. I mean, uh, Amazing FBA is a bit of a broader church, but we're mostly now focused with the 10K Collective Podcast, which is most of the content now uh, yep. on exactly that. Like you're not hand-holding for beginners. Nothing wrong with that, but there's a lot of content out there that does that already, right? So this is more, you're, you're definitely a man for the cutting edge, uh, which is a, a phrase that you love. And obviously, getting back to your passion, I, I guess it sounds like it's always been what you brought to the table, really. It was internal when you did software development internally to your... Your, the business that your brother brought you into and now you're doing it for other people but that seems extremely consistent to me so obviously decades you know well close to a decade of experience of that now and uh you know um some amazing lessons that you're going to be bringing in the form of b- baked in lessons baked into a software i always think that a SaaS is really a reflection of the, the founder's philosophy almost um so smart stuff well um amazing i'm gonna go and lie down and, and kind of take on board all the the amazing wisdom that I've got from you today Uh, just remains for me to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast and and sharing so much interesting thought um, wisdom in, in one go.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show and if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.